and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Quarter Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today, we are recording episode three of season seven. Uh, This season is entitled Burning Yet Flourishing Part Two. And today we plan to discuss the spiritual disciplines. Yes, we do. I'm excited for this episode, actually. It's going to be good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, Ron, maybe we should start out by just um, discussing what, what is your definition of a spiritual discipline? Excellent. That's a good place to start. So first, um, I want to talk about what a discipline is. And a discipline is basically a habit, right? So you, we, you know, train our kids to make their bed every, every day. That's so when they do that, they're developing the discipline of doing it or right. Mm -hmm. This habit. Um, and, and so the, uh, you know, a definition of a, a discipline is to train oneself to do something in a controlled or an habitual way. So that's what we mean by discipline. So the second part has to do with spiritual. All right. So if we look again at question 89, Westminster Shorter Catechism. Yep. Want to read that? Yeah. So how is the word made effectual to salvation is the question. That's the question. So the spirit of God makes the reading of the word, but especially the preaching of it, an effectual mean of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith to salvation. Okay. Now I want you to note that the way that the confession talks about salvation, it talks about it in two ways. So there's both this idea of conversion, right? Convincing and converting. Right. We call that justification. Yep. Right. One is made right with God. Um, And then the second is the building up in holiness. That's what we call sanctification, Mm -hmm. right? This process of becoming conform to the image of the son of yeah. Jesus, right? That's sanctification. That's building up in holiness. So it, it, it makes it that it is true that we can say I was justified, right? So justification comes by faith in what Christ did. Mm-hmm. And, and the moment faith receives that grace, you're made right with him. You have union with Christ. Yes. Right. So our sin has been imputed to Jesus. Jesus's righteousness is imputed to us. We are um, by that ground and that ground alone. Right. What Jesus did um, is is what saves us or makes us right with God. Yep. Justified. I can also say in this sense that I am being saved. But by that, I mean uh, this aspect of salvation of of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I was saved, 
when I came to faith in Christ, um, or that faith was given to me and I received him. Yes. And then, um, and ever since that I'm being saved, that is, I'm being sanctified. Mm -hmm. And then I could also say there's a third aspect to this, and that is the completion of it. Right. Right. So God's saving work isn't done with just justification. Praise be to God. Yes. It's ongoing (laughs) with sanctification and it is completed in what we call glorification. That is, um, the scripture talks about when we see Jesus, we will become like him. Yes. So we're, we're changed instantly. Mm-hmm. So our sanctification here on earth as we're living is progressive. It takes time. A lot of times we mess up and, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Yep. Um, and then, um, but when we see the Lord, it's, it's complete. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. Um, most evangelicals only, only feel comfortable talking about saying I am saved. Like, mm-hmm. but they're really meaning I'm justified. Right. Right. So this is, that's a big confusion. This is, this is where, um, a lot of times Protestants and Catholics talk over each other. Yeah. Use the same words, but mean something different. Yes. Yeah. So, so a lot of times you, you'll say to a Catholic, are you saved? And they'll say, I hope so. Right. They hope to end up in heaven or they hope. Right. So th- this is, so, so again, here's where we in the reformed world we will stand with the evangelicals and say, yes, so if you're justified, you're saved. And we'll be in heaven. And we'll be in heaven. Yes. This is where we stand against the Catholic. We stand with the Catholics and saying the Catholics think of salvation in all three of those categories, justification, sanctification, mm-hmm. right? They will say, um, they will say there's those three aspects of it mm-hmm. where we stand against the Catholics and with our, our uh, evangelical brethren is that, um, we have assurance that we're saved. Right. The idea, all right, I, I hope that I'm saved too, but not hope in like a wish, like hope in I know. Yeah, you have security. I have security. In that. Because it's not up to me, it's up to Christ. To God. Okay, so, yeah. so here, back to this. So a discipline is a habit or a practice, and this habit or practice is a spiritual one mm-hmm. in which we are availing ourselves to the work of God in Christ, right? And through his word, his spirit works in us mm-hmm. so that we might become holy. And is it safe to say that it is, these spiritual disciplines are primarily related to our sanctification? Yes. That that sort of component of being yes. saved actively right now. Yes. And I, I, I would say exclusively so. Yes. Okay. There's nothing you can do to justify yourself. Correct. You can't earn God's grace. Nor glorify yourself. No, not right. right? Mm-hmm. So, God, so even if you're running away from God and God wants you. You're not going to win. You're going to lose, right? Yeah. Which, which means you're going to win, right? It, exactly. So, so God is going to give, um, uh, his spirit is going to aliven you, quicken you to his um, grace and, and, and give you faith to receive it, whether you like it or not. Yes. Now, I know that a lot of people hearing this podcast might go, what? No, I chose yeah, how did you choose? You were dead in your transgressions. The only way you had to choose is because God did it for you, right? Yes. So that all glory is his. Yes. Okay. Now, so so what we're thinking of is, is that we have a duty, right? God's word tells us that we need to love him with our whole heart and mind and soul and strength, 
right? We, yep. we, it's a, it's a command. Mm-hmm. And, um, in a sermon recently, I talked about the different loves, you know, Greek, I guess C.S. Lewis and the four loves, right? There's storges, this affection. Um, you have an affection, um, because you, you kind of, you're around other people and you kind of naturally grow in your affections for these people. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, um, phileo, familial love, right? So there's like you, um, you grow up with your family, you have friends that are kind of like you and you, you just have this natural, um, bonding of love that occurs because of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Eros, which is like this romantic love. So, you know, when I saw my wife come up the stairs, uh, at my friend's house for the first time, it was like, I was drawn to her. Like this was, mm-hmm. it was all out of my control. It just happened to it you. It just happened to me. Yeah. And, Agape is chosen, right? Agape love, that kind of love. So the 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 Hebrew Shema that that speaks that we have this obligation to love God, um, when it was translated into the Greek was agape. So we have to we have a we have to choose or will ourselves in in loving. So we have the capacity to to, to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> We could not do that without God, the spirit of God, the mm-hmm. grace of God in our life, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it just can't. So, so your, our spiritual disciplines are, um, are ways in which we as justified people are being sanctified. They're habits by which we can avail ourselves to, to God's word um, so that the spirit is working in us in a, in a, um, and bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Everyone, everyone on the same page. Okay. Agree. All right. All right. <laughs> now, now, so, and, and this is, this is really important for us to understand. Sanctification, salvation, none of it comes because of me. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's all done by the power of God's word, by the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Spirit and the word. Spirit in the word, right? Even creation, right? You, we talked about this before. In creation, you have the you have the spirit of God that's hovering over the face of the deep, and then God says, "Let there be light," and there was light. So his word and his spirit working together, working together, created the world and everything in it. The same word, the same spirit, is what recreates us into his in his son's image. Okay, I think we got that. Yeah, that's good. All right, now. Um. We, we talked about the, um, there, there's this, there's this part to it that, that I think I needed to remind us too. And we talked about this, I think in that first season of bringing it flourishing. And that is why, how is the word working in us and, and like, like what's going on? Why is this so important in the recreation of us? Mm -hmm. And, and part of it is we have we have things going against us, mm-hmm. right? So the, the three enemies, so to speak, um, we have the flesh, the world, and the devil. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me start with the flesh. In the first season in um, Burning and Flourishing, talked about the, the fact is that our desires were God-given and good, right? So yep. my desire to eat is good. 
If I didn't have the desire to eat, I wouldn't, and I would die of starvation. My desire to drink, my desire um, you know, for sex, you know, we, if we didn't have that desire, we'd have no kids. We, there wouldn't be a, yep. right, God made all this stuff and it was all good. The problem is since sin came into the world, those desires have been warped. Mm-hmm. And so now we don't call those desires in, in the sense of good. We ca- talk about it as being the flesh, mm-hmm. right? This, this, uh, this is a great word that talks about our corrupt desires lead us into temptation, right? So Satan is at work in the world seeking to get us to fall, to tempt us with our desires. And the main way he does this is just through the world, a world that's ordered against God's word. Mm-hmm. So my kids right now are growing up in a world completely different from mine. My kids are growing up in the world thinking that um, sexual promiscuity, which is sin in the scripture, is normal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all been normalized, whatever you do, right? So I, I mentioned, I think, on the, on the air that um, I've intentionally... Um, started to look more in social media, looking at videos and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to be like Solomon and get led completely astray. You know, <laughs> in fact, in fact, I'm I'm now working right now in my life. Like, how do I do this and stay informed, but I don't do it too much, so it's like affecting me. Yeah. But a lot of it is disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. It it, it is. Now listen to this. One of the main topics I saw now. A big topic in social media realm is they have this idea of a where you're you're dating another person, but you're not in a quote relationship yet. They call it the oh, now I forgot. It's like this predating phase. They have a name for it now, and they and the big question is is um is is really is uh um. At what point during that relationship should you start having sex? The pre-relationship. The pre-relationship. Like this is, this is one of the things on their checklist of things to figure out whether you're going to have a relationship with another person. Not marriage, but just have a relationship with a person. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this, it's, it's horrible. That's sad. But, but this is how the world works, right? So, so Satan is using ideas, using thought has created a world that goes against what God's word is. And as fallen people, well, we suck it up. Right. Because these are the things that our flesh desires. Right. So we don't think of it as being wrong. We think of it as being normal. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, when the effects of, of that sin come and out, and this is the other big trend I, I've been seeing, which is kind of fun, is all these... Um, women in their thirties and early forties, uh, lamenting their life because they got, they bought into a feminist view of, of sex and career. And now they're realizing their, their biological clock is ticking out away. They don't, they're not married. Why am I working so much for what, for what purpose am I working? And they're mm-hmm. like, this is, this was a lie. Yeah. And then feeling like, no man wants me now because I've had all these experiences. Well, duh. Right. You know, it's, it's, so it's, it's, this is what this, this is what the devil does, um, is he creates a world that, that seduces our flesh away from God. Yeah. Okay. So all that to say, there's, there's a few things going on. The word of God is going to help 
form our minds so that we can discern the errors of the world, mm-hmm. right? If I don't know what God's word says about how things are ought to be, how would I know? Right. Yeah, I read somewhere recently, Ron, somebody describing the devil and his work as parasitic, meaning it cannot exist on its own, right? It's always a perversion of truth, which is what you're talking about. Like you have to know the truth in order to then be able to perceive what are the lies. Yep. And I know I've said this more than once, probably because it it was a story that just blew me away. My, My daughter having coffee with someone in high school who, you know, from young life and, um, they had broken up with, she had broken up with her girlfriend and they started dating a boy and then all her friends started abandoning her. And the question she wanted to ask my daughter was, how do you know you're not a lesbian if you're not sleeping with girls? How do you know if you're heterosexual or not if you're not sleeping with boys? And my daughter took out her Bible and read from Genesis 2 mm-hmm. that God made us male and females. It's that, and that straightforward. It's straightforward. God made us male and female. And that we're to, um, we, we marry and become one flesh, right? Yep. And so she turned to her and says, so you're, you, God made you a female and you're heterosexual. Yep. And the idea is, is that you get married and have a family. And her response was, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Here we are, America. I have a tw- That's tw- news. Right. That's like, like, really sad. Like no one told you this? Like you don't, right. you don't know this? No, because our, the world is, is informing her of complete error and it's just up to the individual to decide. Right. And there's where they're getting their guidance. Oh yeah. Social media. Yeah. Right. And their friends. It is. It, and uh, Allison, this is what I just had a, I had a conversation recently with a, uh, videographer and marketers and like one of the Gen Z is talking about the current generation coming out of high school. Um, it's something to the effect of 24% of them go to church. And if you make it more than twice a month, it's like 4% of them. Wow. It is a lost generation, completely lost. And how did that happen? Oh, the world. Yeah. The world did that to them. Yeah. Satan did that to them. And then parents who bought into the lies of Satan in this world mm-hmm. have allowed it to happen. Correct. Right. Do, do only 2% of, or 4% of Gen Z have Christian parents? No. No. Ladies and gentlemen, most of them grew up in a, right? Because most of your generation that had those Gen Z kids actually attended church on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Well, we bought into the lie and thought, well, schools are, public schools are neutral. Right. You know, sports are more important than church on a Sunday. Sports are more important than church on a Sunday. If I could just get them to Sunday school from time to time. Good enough. It's good enough. No, no, they're lost and we have to do a lot of work. And so one of, one of my sons said to my, me, dad, they're not, they're not listening. They're not listening to your podcast, right? They're not. They're, they're getting their information from TikTok videos, right? short videos. And so I, I looked through a bunch of videos and, and video after video was just absolutely horrible, garbage, sinful. All the apologetic work was in order to get you to doubt the Bible. And it was stupid. And I knew it was stupid. And, I, and here's this 
young person acting like they know better than everyone else. And it's like, stu- it's like the stupidest things. And yet I'm powerless to say anything because they got TikTok video and I don't mm-hmm. with their $1.4 million or 1.4 million views, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we need to do is, is make quality TikTok videos that share the truth mm-hmm. and the gospel if we're going to save a generation. So something, something to think about. Somebody out there start doing that. All right. Yeah. We just got way off topic, Allison. It's okay. So, so the word, there's work to be done. Yes. Yeah. So the word of God is going to do two things, right? So um, we need to transform our, right. The, our, our minds need to be transformed. Yes. Right. That's, that's, yep. you know, from Romans chapter 12, our minds need to be transformed and the word of God is what transforms it. It, we read his word. Um, it tells us what the truth is. We believe it and we're able to discern the errors of the world. Second, our flesh is a po- problem. It's a fallen flesh. And we will, we ha- human beings um, will believe what they want to believe. Right? Yeah. So apologetic work is good. But apologetic work won't save you. Right. Apologetic work tends to help with your sanctification though. Right. Yes. Yes. So it, it's, um, it is, uh, it, we have to, we have to, we have to immerse ourselves in God's word. This, the second part is the flesh. The, the flesh is corrupted. The flesh is, it's, it's turned in on itself. And without God's spirit working in us to help, to control our flesh and to mm-hmm. change our flesh so that it is good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a work of God's spirit and his word. Mm-hmm. So it's both because, because there can be, I, you know, think of Rabbi Zacharias. I know that's such a sad story. Right. He, his mind was transformed, but his flesh was not. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. All right. So spiritual disciplines, are are necessary um for or not i don't want to say they're necessary Let, let's talk about how they work yeah, all right okay. so so look at question 90 again okay do you want to read the question yeah how is the word to be read and heard that it might that it may become effectual to salvation that the word may become effectual to salvation we must attend thereunto with diligence preparation and prayer Receive it with faith and love, lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. Okay, so you can you can see there's like two parts to this. Right? So there's the attending to his word. Mm-hmm. And that attending is to be diligent. There's supposed to be some sort of preparation and there's prayer involved. Mm-hmm. And then and then there's the receiving of it, um, which is like faith and love in what you've received. It's laying up in our hearts that is like to remember and to cherish it. Yep. And then to practice it. Mm-hmm. So the spiritual disciplines are those things. Right? Those two categories. Those two categories. Yeah. Yeah. They, they help us to attend to God's word um, in, in this diligent practice of them. It prepares us for his word and, uh, and, and we prayfully um, uh, prepare ourselves to receive it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then receiving it, um, we learn to believe it and to trust it and love it mm-hmm. and that and that's even a progression mm-hmm. right yeah and then and then to lay it up in our hearts that is to remember it and not just to remember it but to cherish it 
mm-hmm. and then finally to practice it. So the disciplines that we're going to talk about, the spiritual disciplines, are these habits um, to attend to his word and to receive his word. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the coming seven episodes, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So good. All right. Thank you.